Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. Today, we get to talk with Mushaira Mamoon. Mushaira recently finished her undergrad in Bangladesh, where she was there for four years and then moved back to New York City, where she was born and raised. She is passionate about the healthcare field, specifically women's health and philanthropy. Thank you so much, Yoda, for the lovely introduction. It's such an honor for me to be part of this podcast. Thank you so much, Mushaira. Add my gratitude to your deeds. We're thrilled to be talking with you. And we're intrigued by the fact that you went to college in Bangladesh because at 17 years old, that's a big decision. Tell us a story about how you made that decision. I just thought that, you know, maybe it's time for a change. Maybe it was time for me to step out of my comfort zone and really discover what the other side of the world is about. Bangladesh is actually a country very home and native to me, especially because my parents grew up there and I've also had a keen interest to discover my parents' roots. And I've been to Bangladesh way before I even moved on uh, to um, uh, pursuing college there. And I remember that when I first went to Bangladesh, I've always got into this constant clash of, I feel like I sort of belong here. And I think it took me two to three journeys of, you know, vacations back and forth to just really get used to it. Because there was a culture of Bangladeshis that I've dealt in here in America and a culture of Bangladesh straight from its grassroots when I went there. So there were two different identities that I was exposed to and that I've been to that made me realize that, you know, I think I'm just getting two different versions of each and I don't know which one is authentic. Obviously for me, to just dig deep into the authentic, uh, and that was by going into Bangladesh itself, made me realize that I think this is the best way for me to discover it. Visiting a place with your family still feels a lot different from making a decision in high school that you are going to go live there for four years. So Would you talk about how that decision, because that seems huge to me. Most of my friends and peers were actually immigrants. And they would often share their accounts of experiences that they've uh, dealt with when they were in Bangladesh and coming into a new school and a new, totally different environment and, you know, grasping with English as a second language, too. and I would say that, 
you know, once I've got to hear their lovely experiences and, you know, with the curiosity that I just had in my heart, I just thought that I think I need to go and see myself. I love your story because I, you know, identify as one coming from another country. I came from Ethiopia and then growing up here, but wanting to connect to my roots, right? Because I came at a very young age. And so you mentioned about your identity, these two identities that you carry, right? Growing up in America, but also having these roots. Can you tell us a little more or perhaps a story of just when, you know, that clash that you mentioned about these identities clashing, can you talk a little more about, you know, when you felt like those identities were most at odds with one another, whether it was while you were in Bangladesh or even you being here in America? People in Bangladesh, they're so warming. They're they're full of hospitality. They are full of just meeting new people. And when they see someone that's coming from a country that's abroad, they get really excited. So it was like that for me. So it was more so I didn't feel at home because I was getting this out of nowhere excitement. And I was getting all of these questions. Um, and it kind of just like hampered into, you know, the ordeal of me just getting to know that person. So before that, I could establish these connections with people. It was just, it felt more like an interview, if that makes sense. Mm. Like it felt like people were just asking me questions. And I felt like they were trying to get to know me, but not really trying to see me as someone as their own and establishing a sort of connection with me. And I think that's where it kind of came into play. Um, you know, into like, hey, I'm, I'm one of you. And, you know, think of me as one of you. And just just look at me that way. Um, and then at the same time, it was like, oh, um, I'm identifying myself as, you know, someone that has established, you know, their roots abroad as well. And my language is coming out differently as someone native to my country would. And I, I would really say like, that's where it all came into like these, these bumps and roads along the way. Do you feel like you are as much from Bangladesh as you are American? Or do you feel like one identity outweighs the other? It's an interesting question that you bring up. Because when I came back from Bangladesh after my four years, I still feel like till this very day and as we speak that I left a part of me back there. Um, and I still feel like I, in my prime time, actually, I, like like Sharon mentioned, I, I left my hometown in New York at the age of 17. And, you know, those teenage years, 17 towards your 20s, like 17 through 20 that I was there, that age gap is actually a very pivoting point for everyone's life because it's a coming of age and you're moving on to from teenage to adulthood. And also at this time, we tend to have more questions like, where do we come from? Where do we belong? If I were to say that I am this person, where have my roots been established? And after I came back from Bangladesh, I would tell people that, yes, I was American Bangladeshi before I left, but now I identify myself as a Bangladeshi American. And, <laughs> and now it still feels like that because I've grown up there. I've left a part of my childhood, my teenagehood, um, you know, 
and these these miles and miles away but you know i still feel like a part of my heart will always and forever be embedded there because the lessons the upbringing that bangladesh has given me is something that is absolutely extraordinary and something that i would even tell my friends to do till this day you mentioned the struggle right i mean as an immigrant myself and as my family you know um understanding the struggle of leaving home leaving a country in which you probably did several things and then coming to america and having to kind of start from from kind of like from the bottom and working your way up can you can you talk about that struggle as a child i've always seen my parents nonstop working um and really you know i remember like my dad would wake up early in the morning and he would go and you know drive taxi cab um because you know most opportunities were not readily available for him at that time because of you know making his credentials um same thing for my mother um she started working at a fast food chain so she would also get up early in the morning so i would constantly see my parents just running and going about with their busy b9 to 5 lives seeing these things as a child and seeing like the hardships that our families have really you know made out of their lives to to just really sacrifice their good time their well-being too to just ensure that their children have a good future is certainly something that i would say would classify as a struggle for myself too because you know even as i was growing up i would see that you know often my parents would have to make ends meet and you know there's financial things there's social things there's me in the picture now that you know i'm growing up um and the the sort of observance that they have to keep on me and 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 i i felt it i felt that you know they were also in a constant reality check with what they had to do and then at the same time grasping with a new society new neighbors a new home that's surrounding them and being able to make themselves accustomed to that nature really i would say classifies as a like a whole struggle as as a whole for a family myself and i'm sure a lot of families that are just like me can speak for this too um especially because we have such a big bengali diaspora community here and you know most of my peers have also faced the similar issues and overall these these struggles are they end up to define us um and i could say ended up defining me and and as a woman i could tell you that you know being able to see a different culture in in two different aspects of the world it made me realize how much independence it brought to me and if it weren't for these struggles it wouldn't have made up for who i am today you are an advocate of girls and women's empowerment how did your time in bangladesh shape your view of empowerment you know there were a lot of communities still till this day in bangladesh who actually need help and um you know being able to pursue in public health in college i was able to say that you know it actually gave me an even more detailed and in-depth experience of what people like there were facing but in in most of my life or like a quarter century of my life that i lived i made sure that i voiced out my concerns wherever i went so be it in school be it in my personal life my professional life 
I used my voice to empower my peers to do more and strive for more. So to me, voicing myself and constantly to do better is actually empowerment. I'm curious to hear about insecurities that you faced and ways that you've overcome them. Every time that I was put in a situation where I was doubting myself, I always took that negativity into a way for me to do something even better, but twice the better performance. In my professional life, for example, I remember where I was put into a specific job where I was not formulating the tasks as how my employer expected me to be. And it was constant trial and errors. But unfortunately, they didn't see the progress that I was making for myself. But I've felt that progress because I knew that yesterday I wasn't good at that task, but today I'm good. But to them, it felt like it was taking me forever to learn it. And I took that as a way of clearing myself doubt. Like, hey, I didn't know this, but I know it now. And at a certain point of time, I'm going to be the queen of it because I know this. This is my thing. And although that didn't you know, please my employer and I was told to resign the position, I didn't take it as a defeat for myself. I made sure that this was that lesson in my life that I can take as a way of just seeing that there are better opportunities for me lying ahead. I know the power that I have. And that kind of gave me a sense of clearing myself down. And people were telling me like, you're not fit, or you're not this, or you're not the expectation of what we had. I made sure that if I had the expectation I had for myself, and I fulfilled it, then I actually honestly don't need your opinion for it. And using that way to combat my self-doubt took me a long way because I've always used those outcomes as ways to tell myself that a person can only be better when they look at themselves in a better way. Mishara, how can we all encourage other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? I feel like embracing what we have dealt with is actually the best way for women and girls all around the world, no matter where you're from or what makes up you, to find your voice and claim your power. As we continue to grow and, you know, we strive to become the better and true version of ourselves, only then can we master the art of claiming power. And because our voices are our power and our hearts are our engine, and our minds are our steering wheel, we can then interconnect and let each other complement one another. And then we can claim the power of self-love and really voicing empowerment. Mushaira, this conversation has been so rich, and we really want to thank you for talking with us today. And to our listeners, for making time to listen to this episode of the Power of Stories podcast. We hope you feel encouraged and most importantly, that you recognize the power of your story. 
Thanks so much for being here with us. And thank you, Yodit. I have loved talking with both of you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino and Yodit Kifle-Smith signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.